0: friends and welcome to the happy hour with jamie ivy podcast i'm your host jamie and i'm so excited that you're here every week i invite a girlfriend to join me on the show and we chat about the big things in life the little things in life and everything in between hey guys before we get to today's show i want to thank one of our sponsors and partners for the show and that is author stephanie may wilson with her friendship small group guide the real girl's guide to taking it all off one of the things that I'm asked the most of is my group of best friends. How did we find each other and get so close? And I get it. Finding time to spend with girlfriends is hard. And even when we can, many of us don't have a group of best friends and there's no blueprint for how to form one, until now. After moving to a new city, Stephanie was struggling with this herself when she had an idea. She wrote out a list of questions that would help the group get to know each other and invited new friends over for a girls' night. That night, they laughed and cried and spoke God's truth into tender areas of each other's lives And before they knew it, strangers became friends and friends became best friends. Those questions became the six-week small group guide that has achieved the same friendships and communities all over the country. Whether you're looking to connect with old friends, to go deeper with new friends, or for the next study for your small group, our lives are so much richer when we have best friends to share them with. And this guide is the perfect way to get there. Right now, Happy Hour listeners can download the first chapter for free. Just go to happy hour to get your copy today. Guys, today you are listening to episode number 122 and my guest is Rachel Cruz. Rachel loves helping people learn the proper way to handle money and stay out of debt. Since her knowledge and experiences from growing up as Dave Ramsey's daughter, she uses those things to educate others. If you wanna send us a message about anything from the show, we'd love to hear from you. Find us both on Twitter. I am at Jamie underscore Ivy and Rachel is at Rachel Cruz. Guys, real quick, I want to tell you, stick around for the end, because I want to tell you a podcast that I found in December that I loved and I want all of you to listen to. But first, here is my conversation with Rachel Cruz. Hey, Rachel, and welcome to the happy hour. Hey, Jamie. Well, thanks so much for having me on. This is so fun. I am so excited that you're here, and I just have to tell you that yesterday I was watching some videos of you online and you're just the cutest thing. Like
1: that seems (laughs) weird to
0: say to another like person that is like are my peer, but I just, I loved so much. You have this personality that I was just like, I would do whatever she told me to do. That's how I oh felt when gosh, I was watching oh, your videos.
1: So great. So funny. Well, we have fun with them. I mean, the uh, I applaud you for doing a podcast for me. I'm like, podcasts are, oh, they're they're, they're hard for me for whatever reason. I mean, oh. they're fun to be on as a guest, yeah. but doing my own, I'm like, it seemed like a challenge. So the video blog is the way I went. Uh, well, yeah, we,
0: we're having fun with it. The reason you can do the video blog is because I still have the braids in that my daughter put in my hair last night. And I still have on like workout clothes and no makeup. And, but nobody go, knows it <laughs> <But> <laughs> i
1: love it you I have love to be in it.
0: front of a camera so <laughs> that's you know, right that's right we do a thing okay so rachel i know who you are but some people listening may be going i don't know who rachel cruz is so tell everybody who you are what you do and um and then we'll get going yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, I am an author and a speaker uh, in regards to the subject of money. So personal finance and um, I'm I'm known as Dave Ramsey's daughter, which I'm great with. So many people are like, should we not introduce you that way? Uh, but no, I'm, I'm proud of that of that title for sure. So you're probably more familiar with Dave than yes. you are me. Um, but yeah, growing up as as a Ramsey, you know, mom and dad were just so intentional teaching us how money works. And uh, because of that, I really grew this passion and really it started. Um, more in college and getting out of college, uh, this passion for the next generation. And mm-hmm. so I went um, for a couple of years and traveled to high schools and colleges talking about how to live without debt and live on a budget and the importance of saving money and just kind of all this this idea of personal finance. And and it kind of grew into something uh, which was fun. And so I feel like my message has kind of grown with me now that I'm married and have a baby. And um, I, I, love, I love getting to spread this message of ultimately hope is what it is because the subject of money can be so hopeless for so many people and so being able to give instruction and
0: inspiration uh is something that i love so i feel like i have the best job in the world you do okay so i have like eight thousand questions from your introduction
1: (laughs) i can't wait i can't wait but i'm
0: first going to tell you that just this past sunday our at our church our pastor talked on money and he said that during the 9 a.m someone stood up and walked out right when he started talking (sighs) about it money is so hard to talk about it's it is so hard. Is.
1: And especially in a, in a church environment. Yeah, I know. To so many pastors where they're like, oh, it's just it's so awkward because you feel like, you know, for so many reasons, there's like this, this stigma that comes with it. And it is. And it's hard to talk about within our relationships, within our marriage, within our friends, uh, just everything. Yeah. So breaking that down and um, and really, you know, opening the door for people to have these conversations because it is so key, but it's hard because I think so many of our money mistakes follow us mm. um, on a daily basis, but also. You know, when you look back at your life, it's either the regret of like, oh, I wish I had done this earlier, Um, you know, or it's like, okay, I live paycheck to paycheck. I'm horrible with money. How can I teach my kids? Because I'm a bad example. You know, there's just so much that happens, so much
0: emotion drawn up in money. Um, And so, yeah, it's really interesting. Oh, it's so much. And, you know, this is a brand new year. And I know at the beginning of the year, a lot of people sit down and make goals and resolutions and all kinds of things. And a lot of them, I would guess you're probably expert on this. A lot of them revolve around money.
1: Yes. Yes. Well, the number one goal is weight loss. Number two is getting out of debt, which is ah, interesting. so, so we, we definitely see a spike around our, our content during the time of the
0: year. Okay. So let me tell you just a little personal story about me. I volunteer at the jail every week, and yesterday I was teaching about budgeting. Okay. So I'm sitting here, and I'm talking to these ladies who are in jail, right, but we're trying to help them create a budget when they leave. Yeah. And I open up every week with this same exact story, is that when Aaron and I, my husband, when Aaron and I first got married, I was in charge of the money because I don't, we never had a conversation. I don't know why I was. I just was. I have no idea why. It just why. happened that <laughs> it way. Just happened that way. Totally. Um, and so I'm in charge of the money. And this was back when, uh, like, you wrote down everything in a little ledger. I mean, you yes. know what I mean? Like Oh yes. And then you would go and compare it to your statement and then the yellow pad. Balance it all out. Yes. And let me tell you, I was so bad at it because I would just be like, I'm sure the electric company can wait. Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they don't really need it by this day. I mean, what's the hard cutoff here, guys?
1: I mean Right, right. I, Rachel, like, I need the
0: real date. Yes. You gave
1: me one. What's the real one? Exactly.
0: I was so bad at it that a couple minutes a couple months in, Aaron was like, hey, like, we're going to get our electricity cut off, and I know that we make <laughs> enough money to pay our bills. And I was like, no, but it's so hard. And so I t- he took over from then. Um, but I'm telling you, money is hard in marriage.
1: Oh, my gosh. It's it's really the number one cause of divorce in America today is what is what studies are showing us, which is just crazy because it, it affects our lives in so many ways. And I think what ends up happening is, especially within marriage, you know, opposites attract Right, so right. one of you's usually like freezing to death, the other's burning up. One of you's late, one of you's on time. I mean, uh-huh. it, it, it is what it is. And so, same with money. I mean, one of you's usually a spender, one of you's a saver. One of you enjoys doing the budget and paying the bills. One of you doesn't like that as much. And so, yeah, it's so true. And it rains for even you know, for for my husband and I, Winston. Uh, he's actually the saver, and I'm the spender, <laughs> which is so what funny. Dave Ramsey's daughter. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, right? <laughs> Proud to say I'm the spender. And so, um yeah, many people are like, "Really? But you yeah. talk about money all the time." I'm like, "Yeah, but I love to spend it." So, what is it? You look just like? have to like um, know how
0: to keep that in, right? I mean, Yeah. You can't exactly. change what you love, and then you just got to learn how to like rein that in.
1: That's right. Exactly. Because the whole thing is, you know, that especially with a budget and you're looking at how to be responsible with money, it doesn't mean that you can never have fun and you can't enjoy it. Um, and so I found that a budget doesn't limit my freedom. A budget gives me freedom. Oh, it gives yeah. me permission to spend. And I, and I, that's how I have to look at it as the spender um, is this idea that it's just a plan and it helps me spend money. So that's that's how I look at the budget. Um, I love that. But yeah, but within marriage, yeah, it is. It is hard. It's so hard. And so I think, you know, being on the same page and it's amazing. You know, And the fact that you're teaching budgeting to these women, I mean, I think that's so key because the budget really does, when it comes to your money, limit so many, especially in marriage, money fights and money problems you have because it's just being very proactive with where your money's going. And if you and your spouse can sit down and get on the same page and agree with, OK, this is where we're going to spend our money this month so many money fights seem to disappear because you agree and that communication is there you know whether it's on a budgeting app or it's there on a sheet of paper wherever it is um you're talking about it and you're agreeing and so that just brings so much unity to spouses
0: it's so true and i Erin, and i we don't do this anymore just for reasons i think budgeting plans can change and alter i'm, I'm sure you would say that as well but what we did for a long time And you just said something that made me think about it. You said that you felt like there was, you had more freedom with the budget because you actually knew what was happening. And we used to do this, Rachel, we used to do the envelope system. Is that, like, did your dad come up with that or something? I have no idea. That's like poor planning on my part. I don't know if he came up with it, but he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's used that in his teaching. Yeah. And I actually, and I use it too. Um. Okay, but I so, love the idea. Okay, yeah. keep going. sorry. So sorry, we yeah. did that for years, and you know what? I at first I hated it because I I don't like to be told what to do, and I don't <laughs> like to be told you can't do something because then I'm going to do it. And so I felt like this is dumb. It, these envelopes, and I made it sound like Aaron is telling me that I can only spend this much money. That's so dumb, and I hated it, and I fought it. But then once I gave into it, I actually found freedom in it because I was like, hey, actually I know exactly how much there is. And it made me think about every purchase a little bit more. Um, and so I was like really, really caught off guard about how much I resisted it at first and then how much I actually loved the boundaries that it gave me. I mean, yes. I'm sure that you see that in marriage's life with money as well.
1: Oh, absolutely. that, that That's me. I mean, exactly what you ex- described. That is exactly how I was. I mean, I for so long resisted the budget and growing up as as Dave Ramsey's kid, obviously it's ingrained in my mind. Uh, but when Winston and I first got married, yeah, we didn't do a budget together for like a couple of months, probably three or four uh, yeah. months, just because we just didn't really think about it or do it. We weren't proactive about it. And so finally, he was the one that was like, Rachel, we've got to do a budget. And so we ended up doing the envelope system like you're talking about. And and I've modified it recently where I did clips around the money instead of envelopes so I could carry my wallet around. Oh, yeah. So I came out with my own wallet actually. So well, ladies, you do? check it out. I saw yes. that the
0: other day and I was going to ask you about that.
1: Yes, I'm so excited. It's like gone crazy, which is so fun because I'm like, it's a symbol that us ladies can be cute and handle our money well. Because you know what um, I had
0: in my wallet for years? Literally envelopes.
1: Yeah, paper envelopes. Right, right. So and I then we had the accordion to,
0: little like paper plastic thing that I bought at like, you know, an office store for $1.99 or something. Yep, and yes. Yep.
1: Totally. So, okay, so tell me about all it all of that. Yeah, but but I I completely agree because I cash out categories like my groceries, for instance. Yeah. And so when I go to the store, I'm like, it's it's this freedom of like, oh, I have the cash and I can pay for it. And then once I see it run low towards the end of the month, I'm like, okay, I have to like be creative and find the frozen exactly. hamburger meat yeah. in the freezer and do spaghetti. You know, <laughs> we you forgot just about like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. So you just kind of find a way to work with it. But it's amazing because you get to the end of the month and it's like, oh, I'm so in control. My money's not telling me what to do. I'm telling you what to do We're being smart. I mean, it's just, it, it's amazing. Yeah. The freedom that comes with it. And as a spender, just like you're saying, kind of like you, a free spirit, it's like, oh, I don't want to do this because it sounds
0: like cheap or boring. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It does the opposite. So I love that. It's funny about kids as well. Um, the, Just the other day, one of my kids, Amos, was like looking through the fridge and he's like, Mom, we have nothing to eat. You need to go to the grocery store. You know that like there's <laughs> yeah. nothing here. Um, and I, and it was like towards the end of the month and we're not on a cash budget right now. But I just knew I really don't need to go to the grocery store. We've spent X amount of for groceries. We have like four days until the first of the month. We can wait. Right. So he was totally frustrated that I would not just go buy more food, even though we and I pointed out the things that we could eat. Um, and it was a really good lesson of like, but we have food right here. And so I just can't, like, I said that thing that I hated when my parents said when they're younger. It actually came out of my mouth, and I was so <laughs> mad that I said I was like, do you think money just grows on trees in our yard? I said right? that, and I was like, Jamie, don't say that. That's so dumb. You hated it when your mom said that. But it was this good example of just, like, we can't instantly gratify what we want right now just because, like, we want it. Like, we have to wait. Um, and so teaching that to kids, I know your daughter, she's not even two yet, is she? No. Yeah. 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 She'll be two in April. So that's something that like you'll experience even though you know and teach about it. But what do you say to parents? Let's talk about parenting now and money because we want to teach our kids that the thing I just said that I hate money does not grow on trees. You have to work for it, earn it and save it. Um, But man, it's hard in the world that we live in when kids want things right now. It
1: is. But you did one of the best things possible. When I hear parents tell stories like what you just said, I'm like, yes, thank you. Because when you're saying no to your kids, not only is no a complete sentence, like that can be right? it, just no, yes. uh-huh. no, but you're teaching them that thing that that money is finite, that when it's gone, it's gone. And we've already spent money on groceries this month and we have food in the refrigerator. So this is what we're going to do. And and saying no to your kids, I mean. It it sets up those boundaries and it's amazing how much children they want it, even though they're probably kicking and screaming. Mm -hmm. And there's times, you know, it's like, no, I don't want this. I want a frozen pizza. Go buy me a frozen pizza or whatever (laughs) he wants to eat. But when you say no, what you're teaching them is that life has limits and life has boundaries. And what a blessing and a gift to give your kids, because I think so many parents are under the the idea of, you know either the saying, I want to give my kids a better life than I did. No, I want them to have have great things. And so I'm not saying that can't be true. I mean, as a parent, if you have the money, I want you to bless your children at 100 percent. But there's a balance here where they have to learn and understand what money is. Andy Andrews, um, one of my favorite authors and speakers, he talks about how you're not just trying to raise good kids. You're trying to raise kids to become good adults. Yep. And so what are you teaching them in that moment? And you're, Mm -hmm. it's an amazing thing. And so when it comes to kids and money, um, my dad and I, we wrote a whole book on it called Smart Money, Smart Kids, because this is such an important topic. And giving parents permission to say, hey, you can do this. You can teach your kids how to handle money because so many parents are so reluctant and they say, you know, Rachel, we're in debt. We don't budget. You know, we're living paycheck to paycheck. Like, who am I to teach my kids? I'm Mm. a horrible example. Um, So, first, I would say, if you're that parent, that, okay, let's get your act in order a little bit. So, you can be that great example. But in turn, like, as a parent, you're their parent. Who, if you don't teach them how money works, who's going to teach them? Like, so true. The the car salesman or the the, the real housewives? I mean, right going to be like, who's it going to be? So teach them how to handle money. It's your, not only your job, but it's your responsibility. Because when your kids leave the house at 18, you want to be able to to say, okay, you are a full functioning adult. You're not perfect. You're still 18. You're probably not very smart. And that's stupid okay, is what right? you are, but <laughs> you have so much to learn. <laughs> yes. Um, but gosh, I've given you the basic tools to go out and win, even though mom and dad haven't done it well and perfect. But we want to instill that in your kids because,
0: gosh, um,
1: what what a gift
0: and a foundation to give them. Yeah. And Erin and I are trying to do that so much because, I mean, my history with money is I got my very first credit card. I, I laugh at this and just how crazy this is. I was at a Houston Astros baseball game the summer after my senior year in high school. Asked me if I had a job, Rachel. No. <laughs> Did you have a job, Jamie? <laughs> no. And they gave me a credit card. I mean, What is wrong with these people? And so that set up this whole Mm. just journey for me with like credit card is like free money, you know? And um, I struggled for years um, with debt as a college kid. I mean, it was was so, I look back and I'm like, it's so sad. College kids should not have to wear that weight of like debt and responsibility. And just like, you can't get out of it. I mean, it's so hard to get out of debt and with credit when you're young like that. And so I look back and I'm like, man, I'm thankful that we're kind of trying to, we probably don't do the best. I'm encouraged. from talking to you, but we're trying to like show our kids a different way. Um, Absolutely. With money. Well, and, and with kids too, I think, in all of parenting, but it's true.
1: More is caught than taught. And so they're watching you. And, you know, if, if you're if you're trying and if you're saying no to yourself, I think that was one of the biggest lessons I watched my parents do. I'm like, I remember being at the grocery store and wanting a certain kind of cereal. And and mom was like, no, we can't afford that. Like, no, we're going to get the off brand because this yeah. is what we can afford. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I was like, I was born the year mom and dad filed for
0: bankruptcy. OK, I was going to so, ask you about growing up as a Ramsey.
1: Yes. So I was born in April and they filed bankruptcy in September. And so my whole life, I mean, was a front row seat of watching them. Figure out how money works mm-hmm. and climbing out of this hole. Um, so not only is that encouragement to parents out there that even if you <laughs> yeah. if you're in bankruptcy, your kids can still turn out okay. Yes, up yes. Um, yeah, but but also this idea that gosh, you're you, what the moments and the life lessons that you're teaching them when you don't even know you're teaching them the real life things and the ebb and flow of life. Your kids are watching, um, and so just being able to insert different things again at the store, like the The envelope system, I think, is amazing for kids to see because they're seeing money leave. Mm-hmm. Right, you have to hand the money over at the cashier, and you let go of it; it's gone to gain something else. Versus swiping a magic card, exactly. there's no correlation <laughs> exactly. of emotion. And so, these little things you can implement in your life. I mean, your kids pick up on it, and and it doesn't have to be hard. And and I think you know, again, as Dave Ramsey's kid, people assume. When I'm in interviews like this or when out, they're like, oh, tell me about growing up. You know, did y'all all talk about money all the time? And it's like, no, we did not have mutual funds parties. <laughs> like we, we didn't have budget camps in the summer. No, we were very normal. Uh, the mom and dad, they just instilled, you know, not only a great example of what they were trying to do and working hard. And it was a struggle. I know it was so hard for them. Um, but gosh, that example they led. But also instilling little things in us, you know, like the idea of work. And Mm -hmm. teaching your kids that money comes from work. Money doesn't just come from mom and dad's back pocket. Right. And when your kids earn money, not only is there a sense of dignity of, you know, a job complete, a job well done, and you earn something with that. But when your kids give that money or save that money or spend that money, they do it on a whole nother emotional level versus
0: if you just handed them $10. It's so true. And i just tell you, like, even as I'm listening to you talk, Erin and I have such great intentions about all of this. And our oldest is almost 13 and our youngest is eight. And so these are like prime years. You know what, this takes work.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm like
0: sitting here thinking as a mom, I'm like, yeah, we have had different kind of systems set up in our parenting where we've done, you know, the jars and allowance and da da, da da. And it just takes consistency and work. And the consistency is like something I struggle with as a parent. But side note, but it's good for parents to look at this and say, like what you said earlier, like I'm gonna put the work in now and then they're going to leave one day and hopefully remember. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't
1: have to be a a boot camp thing. You know, I mean, I look back at growing up and we were paid on Sunday nights. We had a torture on the refrigerator and, you know, it was like, Sunday nights is what we got paid. If we had a check next to the chore, we got paid. But I'm telling you, there were probably, I mean, multiple times where it was like three Sundays would go by and we're like, we haven't had payday. Okay. Like, that oh, makes man. me feel so good. Yeah. But like we got go to go the <laughs> bank and get a bunch of ones and like hand it out to the kids. Yeah. I mean, like, and dad always laughs. He was like, like feeding the dog was a chore on our chart. And he was like, if it was up to y'all to feed the dog, it would have been dead. Like it would have starved. <laughs> Mom, so- like, we really fed the dog majority of the time. So like, yes, I mean, there is so much grace in this. So do not feel like if you, you know, if we're not consistent for so long, like, oh my gosh, we've damaged them. No, your example, the conversations you're having and what you're instilling them, you know, um, you know, trying to be consistent. Yes. But gosh, overall, they're going to grow into someone who is mature. And as an 18 year old, how much more knowledge and experience they'll have versus someone that just it's never talked about it's never implemented. I mean, people grow up in that kind of house and it's for me it's it's very sad because they grow up where they don't have that function of their life and they have to they have to learn that through so many mistakes and hard trials when it comes to money where you can, you know, do it more on the front end and say, "Hey, you can make small, inexpensive mistakes under our roof." We're going to be intentional. We're going to talk about it. Make some mistakes, though, um, so you can learn. But it's under the protection of your household versus on a college campus.
0: It's, so, it's such an encouragement when you because the hardest part is getting to the bank to get those $1 bills to hand out to <laughs> the know, kids. Right? <laughs> I like to tell Erin all the time. I was like, okay, at the beginning of the month, we just need to go get like $30 in ones. Like we'll just – everything will work out better if we can do that. Totally, um, totally. But it's so good. Okay, Rachel, you your new book out is Love Your Life, Not Theirs. Um, and I'm telling you – Putting money aside, which I know that your book is focused on, on finances, um, I think this is one of the hardest things for women. And your book is definitely not t- towards women at all, but my podcast is. And so I think this is definitely one of the hardest things about women is just the comparison trap. Um, how how have you seen that as we struggle with comparing, what does that do to us with our finances and with our money? How do we do that? Well, it's so interesting because when you look
1: you know, at, at this idea of keeping up with the Joneses, you know. 10, 15 years ago, you actually had to see them in person oh, to keep so up true. with them, right? Yep. Like, they had to be your neighbor. Yeah. Or you're pulling into church. And you see that yes. one family in church and they're always <laughs> dressed great. They have a great car. Like you actually had to see them. And now we carry them around in our back pockets on mm-hmm. our phones because of social media. And so I think we just have to realize the world we're living in. And I think just saying it out loud, even though we all know it, but, but saying it out loud, I think is so good because we have to realize too that in social media, it's really everyone's highlight reel it's the best part of everyone's life. It's the great dinner you're having out with the, you know, the glass of wine and the nice restaurant. You're like, that's what you take a picture of or, or the vacation or the new car or the redone kitchen. And it's like, it's the best part of everyone's life. And so when you're trying to compare your life to that, you're comparing your life to make believe because you're not seeing the entire picture of those pictures. Like, you're not seeing, you know, possibly the credit card bill that comes in after that vacation or mm-hmm. the second mortgage that was taken out to redo that kitchen. And and we we don't see that that part of our lives. And even money aside, you know, you look at parenting and I remember you know looking through Instagram and there's, you know, this girl I know and I don't know her super well, but we're acquaintances. So I follow her on social media and she she is like the I guess the best camera because it's like every picture is like crisp <laughs> and beautiful. Yeah. Her kids are like, dressed like not just cute southern smock like what i do but it's like trendy and i'm like where do you get trendy clothes for this like three-year-old but it looks so cute you know it's like every picture they're like out in the woods and i'm like i don't even know where woods are around that you know, like i mean everything i'm like oh my gosh how are you doing this and so it's exhausting it's exhausting i mean you start to try to figure out how do i get their life yes i mean seriously and so I, i think we're all guilty of it and so what i've what i've connected is that comparison not just steals our joy but it steals our paychecks because we end up spending money trying to keep up a lifestyle that we think everyone else is living, and we're the ones missing out. You know, we're looking for those cute hipster clothes for the three-year-old, or we're looking for the vacation place on the beach. You know, we're looking for these things, and and if we see it, we we buy it and we want it, and and sometimes we spend money we don't have, right? Yeah, so that enters the picture because of that, and so it's it's a it's a hard thing emotionally, I think, and especially as women. In the book, yeah, you said it's not geared specifically to to women specifically, but, but there is a feminine, uh, tilt bend to the book because I'm a woman and I read right. it. So, yes. but, but man, so many aspects of our life, it just, it drains us, whether it's motherhood and that comparison, the mom guilt is like a real thing for us all. You know, it's like, oh, you know, gluten-free, non-GMO, mm-hmm. homemade <laughs> snacks, like no red I, dye. Yes. Yeah. My child ate like a Milky Way and uh-huh. she's like eight months old or whatever for Halloween, you know, and it's like, oh, no. So I, I think it's all, I think we just have to say what it is, call it out. And I think it all makes us feel a little bit better uh, just to know, okay, it's not the pick. It's not all of reality that we're yeah. seeing. And so we just can't let it affect us. We have to put the blinders on in certain things and say, you know what, that's great for them. How they got to that vacation, whether it was a credit card or saved up and paid for it, whatever it is good for them. But this is what we're doing. This is what our family values. This is what the work we're putting in for it. This is what we're doing. And and it's so hard in today's world. I totally understand. Um, but gosh, you you have to do that. You have to learn to love your life and not everyone else's.
0: So that sounds amazing. Practically, what does that look like for us? Like the woman who's listening and she's thinking, this is totally what I do every day. I look on Instagram and I look at Sarah's family and Sarah's family is amazing. And my family mm-hmm. is not because they just went to Mexico and now they're going to Disney World. What the heck? How come I don't yeah, get right, to do that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> my and daughter's now- taking <laughs> off their diaper. In yes, the middle exactly. Of the now like, there's what? poop everywhere. So <laughs> yeah,
1: <exactly. laughs>
0: she's looking at it. So practically, what do you say to w- women who are always looking and comparing their lives to other people? Well one thing is i I don't want to blame social media because I think there are so many positives.
1: I think it connects us in a world in our world like anything else. And I think I think there are so many positives to it. Um, but I do think it's the vehicle that takes us down the road of comparisons. And so I think we have to be careful with our usage. And so uh-huh. I think, you know, I, I think it's gonna be personal to everyone. So I don't have this like, you know, gung ho thing of like, you can only be on a 20 minutes. a right. day. Like, no, it's, it's whatever, whatever is best for you. But for me personally, one thing I've started doing in the mornings, I used to you know, take my phone off the charger after the alarm would go off and I would check email and text messages and I'd go right to Instagram. I would go right to Twitter and, and I would in Snapchat, I did that for a little bit. And so like, I would just, I would check on all the updates of everything, you know, when I was sleeping, what was up. And that's how I started my day. Like before Mm -hmm. my feet even hit the ground, before the lights were on, I was in bed under the covers with this phone up to my eyeballs, already looking at what, what I missed. And I'm like, I didn't miss anything. Like what am I doing? Yeah, exactly. And so I I found for me, I I now started uh, this habit where I click the notes icon on my iPhone and I have a running gratitude list. And so every morning before I do anything else, I just type down two things I'm grateful for.
0: Mm.
1: And for me personally, I'm like, it just is such a good exercise because that's where my mind goes first. It's not hitting the Instagram camera, camera app right there. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's really thinking through, okay, what today? Like, what do I have coming up? What am I grateful for? What What happened yesterday? What happened? You know, I mean, just little things, and and there were sometimes small and things, but just thinking through, you know, what has God blessed me with? Like, mm-hmm. what am I thankful for today? And for me, that heart of gratitude breeds contentment, which helps me quit the comparisons. Yeah. And so I think I think gratitude in general um, is an amazing thing. And so when I do feel those flare ups. Uh, when I see a picture or I see you know someone's doing something, I'm like, oh, that's so great. I-, I go to my gratitude list, I really do, and I start scrolling, and now I have so many things on this list. But I'm like, okay, God, this is this is my life, and I have mm-hmm. so much to be grateful for. So for me, gratitude is is kind of the spirit that I try to embody on a daily basis, uh, that really does help me be content and helps me
0: quit comparing. Hey guys, before we get back to my conversation with Rachel, I want to thank one of our partners for the show, and that is Prep Dish prep dish is a meal planning service that is perfect for women in this day and age what happens is the chef allison is going to send you an email every single week and it's going to have a grocery list plus a list of meals and then you take a couple of hours one day a week and prep all of your meals and they are ready for the week Guys, talk about saving stress in your life, saving time, making life easier, being more organized. Guys, also, you're going to get tasty, healthy meals. And if you're a mama like me, it's important for me to put good food in front of my kids, and Prep Dish helps us do that. Right now, they have a 50% off flash sale for January only. Guys, here's where you need to go. PrepDish.com slash happyhourflashsale, all lowercase. PrepDish.com slash happyhourflashsale, all lowercase. Use the code HH50. Guys, you're going to get 50% off. If you can't remember this because you're driving or running or whatever you're doing right now, don't worry. It's all on my show notes, jamieivy.com. Okay, guys, here is the rest of my conversation with Rachel. Recently, I was talking to my friend Jessica, and we both had the same conversation about Instagram. And we started talking, and we started saying... We both did the exact same thing that you said you're doing. Like, literally, I would lay in bed, my alarm would go off, and before I would get up, I would look through everything from Instagram that I missed while I was asleep, okay? And so it was the first thing I did. And then I start, Jessica and I are talking, and we start talked about how many times we just, like, scroll through it throughout the day, all day long. Um, and so we made this little commitment to each other, and we we're like, okay, for a week, one week, we're going to not open Instagram until all of our kids are at school, Mm-hmm. And she, I work from home and she works in an office. So until we get to work. So for me, when I get back from taking them to school, I eat breakfast and then I get in my office is when I can open it for her when she got to work. And then we weren't going to look at it until after the kids went to bed. So when my kids walk in the door at three thirty, and I'm done working um, and I put on my mom hat that I was not going to get on it again until like the last one's in bed at nine o'clock. Yes. Uh-huh. It was so hard. <laughs>
1: No, well and that's so good to hear cuz honestly my husband and I I'm not kidding you literally last night we were talking about this we had a speaker at our company that came in and talked about social media and stuff within the family uh-huh. and it was you know it was very convicting and so Winston and I we just talked about this we're like okay when you know we want to start you know doing things and and I have there's certain leaders in our company that do this where they have all their phones on a table in the kitchen they plug them in and everyone's phone goes there when everyone gets home from school or work and and they don't get it until you know the kids, for instance, you know, they can't go to bed with the phone. Like there's certain things, rules yeah. and boundaries, uh-huh. which I think is so healthy and so good. Uh, but even for the parents and Winston and I talked about that. We're like, gosh, at eighteen months old, like Amelia, you know, almost two years, she knows what a phone is and she oh, knows to sure grab it. She and does. Swipe it. Yes. I mean, yeah, it's just it's so scary, i like uh-huh. that and I don't want her memories of me looking down at the screen. So, yes. Yes. And so we talked about putting that in place of that kind of, that kind of challenge of like, Hey, okay, when we get home, it's done. The phone is up and she goes to bed, you know, seven 30, she's yeah. so young, um, and, and get it after because it is, it's, yeah. it's so as a parent, gosh, like what, not only what you miss, but just the connection points. I mean, I think there's so many things. Um, I think there's more negative, honestly, that ends up happening in you and within a family than yeah. positive and so setting that example so it's cool to hear that you did that because i we know just, we're
0: just talking about doing a kind of a challenge like that aaron must he was uh out somewhere leading worship somewhere and the speaker was talking about that as well with families and stuff and so he came back and we kind of had this big conversations because you know my oldest is 12 and he has a phone um yes and so lately uh within the past month i've heard each of my kids say mom mom like i asked you a question can you put your phone down Mm. and in the moment I'm like thinking in my head no I'm doing something really important you can wait you know <laughs> which, is, <Yes. laughs> which is not true because Aaron and I had the discussion of like what are we like the president of the United States of America that we can't put our <laughs> phone down for three hours at night I mean give me a totally. break we're not totally. that important um, and if someone needs us they can wait and so um, we're really trying hard because you know I know that your daughter Amelia is younger but my kids are looking at us and learning and the, my other two boys are coming up and they're asking for phones and that's a whole nother subject. Um, the Oh, and gosh. Stuff. You'll, oh. you'll have to teach me your ways, it Jamie. A I don't even whole know what to do. Another subject. Well, just the other day, I let my we kids just be Amish. Yes. That's what I told <laughs> I'm, I'm, I I'm down what with it. You got to think about a phone. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, well, just recently, there was like some big sporting event on TV. And I had told my boys, you can stay up and watch, but you cannot have any electronics because I'm not just going to let you stay up on a school night and play on your phone or your tablet. Um, and you know what? Two of them went straight to bed. They're like, <sighs> I don't care. I'm going to bed. And my one that no. loves sports stayed up, but they all would have stayed up if I would have just let them just free reign. So yes, yeah. Oh my gosh, this it's is so a, true. It's a whole it new just, world that we're raising kids in.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, and yeah, I have no idea what I'm doing. But me neither. <laughs> I so you join. you budget. <laughs> if you need a budget, Jamie, I'm I'm your girl. But this whole phone kids situation, social media, it's just it is and it it's crazy. Oh and my it's, gosh, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It
0: is everywhere. And Aaron and I, we go. Like, I'm totally like the kind of mom that's like, like you, let's Amish. We're not, no one's getting social media at all is where I land. Um, And my son doesn't have any yet because he hasn't asked. And so we're just kind of riding that out. But Aaron is a little bit different. He's more like, hey, let's do age appropriate stuff to teach him. Kind of like how you're talking about teach him about money. Aaron's like, you know, we don't want him to leave and go to college and be like, have no experience with social media under our roof where he could fail and have our support and our love. Yep. Um, and then send him off to college and he'll be like, holy crap, my ca- my parents held a lot back from me. I'm just going right, to go crazy right. with the Internet. Um, yes. So it's just hard. It's hard finding that balance. Yeah, man, absolutely. Parenting is the hardest thing in the world. That's just like bottom line. Parenting oh, is so hard. But, um, and you know, we have four kids. And so money for us, too, is a lot of talking about, hey, our family looks different than your friend that is an only child. And there's nothing wrong with only kid, only child families. But I'm like, hey, there's four of you. So right, we don't purchases. Things are going to (laughs) look a little different. Yeah, Yeah, we've never all been on an airplane together because there's four of you, and it (laughs) costs a lot of money um, to do that. Um, Rachel, I would love to know: um, Are you a reader? I know you're an author. Yes, I am. I, um, I've become less
1: of a reader now that I've had a baby. I hate to say that. Uh, but when I travel, I always try to take a book. So yes, I am. I'm a reader. So what are you reading lately or what have you loved? Oh gosh, there's been some good books recently that I've read. Um, kind of more, I try to like mix it up. So I try to do like different kinds of books. So, um, I read the ideal team player, Um, which was an excellent kind of workbook. It talks about being humble, hungry, humble, and smart and having Mm. people on your team, um, and being that kind of in that work environment, um, that being you, you know, always being hungry, always, you know, being humble and always being smart, uh, and decision-making. So that was a good kind of like business book. Um, I read the, I I just finished the residence uh, and it was so interesting because of all the politics going on. Um, what is that? I don't know about that. Yeah. So it's a, it was a reporter. I think she was with, oh, I should, if she's listened to this for some reason, I'm so sorry if I'm butchering all her criteria. I think she worked for like the wall street journal. Okay. She was a journalist. And so she went and interviewed like 300 staffers in the East wing of the white house. And okay. so they got staffers all the way back from JFK all the way up to the Obamas and just interviewed them about the families and what they did, their jobs. I mean, it was just, Fascinating! Ooh, I because, would like that. Yes. Oh, it was so good. And secretly, I, I, I have such a love hate relationship with politics, but mm-hmm. I really do like politics. Well, so I would like an inside look. Was an, was an election year. I was like glued to the TV all the time. So I, so I ended up reading kind of more like, you know, not hardcore political books, but right. things like that because it's just like kind of a, a peek into the White House uh-huh. uh, on the residence side. So yeah, it's called the Residence. A so really, really interesting book. And I have in my. um I meant to start it last week and I haven't started yet. But the Kitchen House—it's
0: <gasps> oh, um, one of my favorite. Was it was it good? Oh, it's Is so it good? good. Yes, good. Okay, so I have I've that, talked about uh, that next a step. thousand times on this show. Um, and you know she has a follow-up book that came out this year. So oh, really, it would be best for you to read the Kitchen House and go straight to the other one. Okay, I read the Kitchen House when it came out a couple of years ago or whenever. Um, And then when I picked up the new one this year, I kind of had to really think through like, okay, what, what, what happened? I had to, I had to remind myself. So you should just go straight to the next one.
1: Okay, you've had the author on this on this podcast. No, 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 I
0: haven't. But um, oh, oh, I'm
1: sorry. I thought you said you read it a hundred times. Or no, you no, no. About it,
0: I talked about. I've talked about this show, this book, a thousand times because I loved it so much.
1: Oh, okay, okay, good. That makes me so happy. Okay, I can't wait to read it. My mom is like an avid reader, and she always has her reading list. So she's always like cramming books in me. She's like, right here, here. I'm like, I can't keep up. This. Mom, I can't keep up. But the kitchen house is one she's been like on me for so long. So I have it now. In my possession, and, and I hope to start soon. So that's good. Okay, I know, you're making me want to go home so, and read it now. It's
0: so good. And The Kitchen House, I love book. I love books, and I love reading. But that book, the one thing I loved about it is that I literally thought about the characters when I was done. Like, I wondered, <sighs> how are they? You know you know, it's a good story when you yes. think about the characters. Oh, I love it. So um, great. Her so book, great. it's called Glory Over Everything that came out this year. So Glory Over Everything. Okay. Yeah, I'm, so like, literally just, writing it in my notes right you're now. You're just going to need to <laughs> jump straight into both of them
1: that's awesome okay Good yeah. okay good
0: yes um i just read a book called chasing slow by aaron lochner okay it actually comes out really soon after the show airs it's early january that it comes out but i think that you would like it as well because it's all about kind of slowing down and looking for like finding your spot um simplifying um, her and her husband were just running the the race and the race and the race and um, kind of lost a lot and had to start over. It's really good. It's her journey, and I love seeing into people's lives. Like yeah, That's my favorite absolutely. kind of book to read. Absolutely. Okay, that's good. Okay, I got that one down. That's a good one. Okay, last one I'm going to tell you about. It's called The Invention yes. of Wings. Okay. Have you read that by Sue? No, I have Kidd. not. Okay, it's a good one too, and it um, it kind of is the same type of book as The Kitchen House. So if you like The Kitchen House, you'll like that. Perfect. I bet Sharon, Ramsey's Reddit. <laughs> so Sharon Ramsey has read it. Sharon Ramsey probably has. <laughs> yeah, every
1: book I'm like, Mom, have you read it? She's like, oh, yes, oh, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> so <laughs> that funny. is okay. so funny.
0: Yeah. Perfect. Good. I'm glad I got your reading list. I know. I, I love books. I don't get to read them as often, and I read a lot more. I'm sure that you understand this as well. I read a lot more books for work now. Yes. Like if yes. I'm having, like, you know, I will read, um you know, most of your book before you come on or, you know, yes. that kind of thing. And so. Um, but it's fun because I get my hands on lots of different kind of books I wouldn't have ever thought about. I love it. Yeah. Love it, love yeah. it. Um, okay, what are three things you're loving these days?
1: Three things I'm loving these days. Um, I have I've loved it for a while, but I'm looking at my nails right now, so that's what made me think about it. Gel manicures. Oh, I know they've the been best. out for a while, I know. But They've changed my life because as I travel and I'm like lifting suitcases into like carry-on bins yes. or I'm have, you know, Amelia and I'm like running around with her, whatever uh-huh. it is, I just – my nails is one thing I splurge on. I get that I get that question sometimes of, okay, well, what is one thing you want to spend? Oh, yeah. spend money on and you enjoy? Uh, mine's my nails. Uh-huh. I love a good pedicure, manicure. So Me too. gel nails, I'm, I'm loving those these days, especially now. Um, um, I would say
0: – Okay, f- yeah. real quick, the gel nails. I yes. said forever a- ago that – if I'm on a stage speaking, whenever I'm speaking places, I always say this. Tell me if you felt this at all, okay? That if all goes crazy, if like I fall on my face, if what I say is just like <laughs> crazy and no one understands, if my nails look good, I feel okay about it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Subconsciously, maybe Subconsciously exactly you feel put together. <laughs> and I'm a I'm a that's hand awesome. talker.
0: Like I talk with my hands a lot. And so yes, I love Having, I, I'm with you on that. It's my splurge as well.
1: I love it. Oh, my gosh. So good. Okay. So good. What else are you loving? Um, well, it's winter. And so my go-to, and as a working mom, ugh, the crock pot. Oh, I love good. my crock pot. And I wish I knew, like, the brand. I want to say it's like the crock pot brand, if it is. But mine... Um, I upgraded just because I use it so much mm-hmm. and it has like a digital like screen to it. And then one of my friends showed me the Crock-Pot liners. Oh, yes. You familiar with these? <laughs> your life just got a lot better, didn't it? It has changed <laughs> everything. So the Crock-Pot in general, plus the liners and the little touch screen, everything just makes me happy. So
0: um, yeah, the Crock-Pot is, it, it's well in use for Crock-Pots sure. Crock-Pots are the best, especially in the winter and especially as um, your daughter and if you have more kids as they get older and you start doing like actual school stuff you will be just even more grateful for a yes oh, yes so wonderful do you like plan ahead your meals or your meal planner or are you the day of going holy crap what are we gonna eat
1: no i'm the meal planner okay. and and i'm not like super super hardcore with it um but i've gotten into this habit and it helps me like And I I don't say this just because I'm a money person, but really that it helps me save money. It helps me plan. And as you know, as I travel and I'm working and I'm doing all these things, uh, it just makes me feel good to know that I know what's for dinner because the worst feeling for me is getting home and be like, what are we going to eat? So I do all my planning really on Sunday and I just think through, "Okay." and we usually we have stuff during the week sometimes. So it's like, "Okay, Thursday, we're going to be out to eat. So there's that Um, Wednesday, you know, I can do chili in the crockpot, which means I will have it for Friday night or Saturday. I kind of just like plan out and it's just the three of us. So we do a lot of leftovers, honestly like one big meal could make it another meal. And we're yes. we're all okay with leftovers around our house. So that's that's what we do. Um so yeah, Sunday night is kind of what I think through the the nights of the week that that we need meals because it's just easier to to plan and think through. For sure. Do you get tired of eating out when you're traveling? You know, I don't. I oh, love that it. sounds really weird. Okay, so I grew up because I grew up when I did with mom and dad's situation, mm-hmm. we never went out to eat. And when I say never, like The only time I seriously remember going out to eat is on our birthdays. And we got to go the Sunday after our birthday, we got to go to lunch after church and we got to go to the Olive Garden. For all that you can eat, breadsticks, I yeah, mean, exactly. it Salad could not get better. Yeah, yes. Like fill up. Yeah. <laughs> but really, like, and my mom's a really a good cook. She grew up on a farm, so she, like, does all the fresh stuff. She's a she's a really good cook. Oh, she's so good. So those things combined, we just, we never ate out. Yeah. Where my husband's family, his mom, Helen, she would tell you she doesn't really care to cook, and so they ate out, uh-huh. you know, a good amount as a kid. And so when we came together and got married, I was like, oh my gosh, I just want to go to restaurants and I just, I do. So like, I still go back to like the five-year-old Rachel. So when I get to go out to eat, I still, even now, I know it's like not the healthiness or whatever, you know, I know it's yeah. not the health choice or all that stuff, but I really don't care. So I, I was on a month-long book tour back in October. Um, Now that got old. By the I end was gonna, of like yeah. the third week, yeah, you're kind of done. You <laughs> just want like spaghetti in your uh, kitchen kind of thing. Exactly.
0: But when I'm out for like, you know, two nights or something, I'm yeah. like No, I...
1: I soak it up.
0: (laughs) I I, enjoy it. (laughs) I know. I know. I love D-Dot. Here's where Aaron and I kind of differ. We both have been traveling a lot this fall, and he will travel and be gone for like four days, and then he comes home, and he's like, listen... All I want to do is stay home and eat. And I'm like, are you kidding? Because I hate cooking. And I'm like, for four days, I've had to feed these children all by myself. <laughs> all I want to do I is go out, out to eat. Yes. <laughs> and so we're at this war of like, I need to get out of this house. And he's like, oh, I just want to be home. It's so yes? funny. Yeah.
1: Isn't that hard, though? I know. Uh-huh. We, we kind of bump up against
0: the same thing. Totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my
1: gosh. That's so funny. Okay. I
0: love a crock pot, too. And I use mine often. Yes. Okay. Oh, So awesome. it's
1: good. Yeah. When we're home and yep. Yeah, The crackpot
0: is is a go-to for sure okay what's your number three thing you're loving
1: um i'm loving amelia's age right now this is a fun age you're in yeah she's like in that 20-month range and and she's a pretty verbal baby she was pretty verbal early on um so it's so fun i'm like i feel like we're having these like kind of like mini conversations and she like totally understands what we're saying i'm like Pretty much positive. Right. <laughs> and, but she can like, she'll tell me things, whether she wants milk or water, you know, she'll, she'll just kind of talk. And it's like, and she's still, I don't know, it's just, it's fun. The age right now, we're, we're loving it. So it's, it's a fun, a fun time in life. Um, and yeah, we want more kids definitely in the future. That's hopefully coming, but, but right now, I'm like, oh, not being pregnant and having a fun baby.
0: It's just it's a fun time in life. It's like I'm, I'm telling you, you could just like cherish it because, you know, it's amazing having four kids, but it's a lot, you know. And so looking right. back, I'm like, oh, cherish every time you have with every single one of them. Because yes, oh, once so the fun. others show up, it's like your family dynamics change. You know, yes, it's just it's never again going to be just the three of you guys if you yes. add to your family, you know. Yep. No, so. I've heard so many moms say that and it gets better and better. I know. But, but yeah, so we're, we're soaking in this, this time with her. So it's, it's fun. That's super fun. My oldest is an age I'm really loving right now. Like it seems weird to love a 13 year old boy. No, but um, you do. Yeah, but I am. And he's getting funny and just, I, I just, it's a love hate relationship because there are some days I look at him and I'm like. I need you to leave because I want to slap you across the face. (laughs) And then the next moment I'm like, you're so funny and you're so cute and you still hug me. And oh, it's just so sweet. I know. My Mm -hmm. gosh. So great. I love it. Okay. So Rachel, 2017, we're in it. It's like every year it happens and we just go, what happened to the year before? I mean, you know, don't we always say that? Yeah. What does 2017 hold for you?
1: Oh gosh. What does 2017 hold for me? I would say... Work-wise, um, the book is still, you know, doing well. So yeah. I'm still, you know, able to do some fun stuff with that. And so speaking and, and all of that is in the works. Um, I, I'm enjoying the video portion of my job. So the the YouTube stuff that I'm doing, but but going beyond that. So we're kind of um, going to be testing some stuff video-wise this year, which I'm excited about. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's going well. Um, Winston and I, we just celebrated seven years of marriage. So we're Congrats. going into our eighth year. Yeah, thank you. And, um, and yeah, we'll probably be thinking about, about baby number
0: two at some point. So that's, you know, we'll see. Do y'all like to travel, like get away every year together or anything like that? You and Winston? We do. Okay. Yeah. I'm a bigger traveler than he is, but mm-hmm.
1: I, I get him out because I, I love it. I love being on the go. And so, um, yeah, we try to do, um, try to do something for sure together. That's awesome.
0: Well, I also knew that I loved you when I watched your video and you had on like a dress jacket and jeans with a hole in them. And I thought, this <laughs> is how, exactly who I want to listen to. Tell me about money. So um, I love
1: it. I'll be rocking the holy jeans. Rock now it. Thanks, for Jamie. sure. <laughs>
0: I had to actually I mean I'm 38 and so let's just say I'm pushing like you know the maybe the limit I don't know how long you can wear jeans with holes in them but I recently in the past year had to go buy a pair with no holes in them isn't that crazy like I didn't uh, own a pair of jeans without holes in them I love it Oh, my and gosh. I think living in Austin you can just do whatever you want like Nobody oh, cares. Yeah, There's no sure. dress That's up it. here. It's just whatever you want to wear. Totally, um, totally. And so I had to go buy a pair. It's crazy. My mom You're thought, up Jamie. You're, I know. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I'm turning into so an adult. A 30-year-old adult. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh. So great. Okay. Well, Rachel, I am so happy that you got to come on the happy hour. And I am going to put all the links to everything we talked about up on my blog as always, jamieivy.com And I'll put a link up to get Love Your Life, not theirs, uh, your newest book that just came out this fall. And You know, it's the beginning of the year. So people are going to start thinking about money. And like you said, we don't need to be afraid to think about it. You know, we need to face it head on and get it all out there and see how it can make us better stewards of what God's given us.
1: Absolutely. Yes. If you don't like the results you've been getting with your money
0: thus far, then
1: just change some things you've been doing. and, And hopefully we can help with that change. Or if you're already, you know working to get out of debt and living on a budget hopefully uh the content and stuff that i that i put out encourages
0: you just to continue on because we're we're all in it together i feel like so yeah um, and there's it's, no it's shame great, so. we didn't get to talk about this and i wanted to and i'm sorry we didn't but there is like i feel like we live in this shame culture um of if if you've been if you've made poor money decisions then you just think oh, i have to hang my head low and i can never get over this and that's just not true
1: no, oh not at all. And my parents, I feel like, are such a great testament to that. I that's mean, like so true, yeah. And you have to decide, you know, and I think there's a sense of personal responsibility and ownership that's part of that process to say, okay, I did make these mistakes. But guess what? I get to make different choices today. That's right. Completely. It's up to me. And it is. No one's gonna no one's gonna rescue you out of your situation, you know, sadly. Um, but but in the same way, it that's such a positive because you have the ability to do something different. So don't let your past mistakes hinder your future because yep. there's so much there, there's so much for you. Your life, for your marriage, for your kids' lives. Um, that there's so much at, at stake, really. I mean, and, and to be able to do the things that you value when you put yourself in the position to say, okay, I'm going to handle my money well, not just for the good of me or my marriage or my kids, but in order to live a kind of life that I want to live and where I feel like God's calling me to live. And so using money as that tool, um, don't let it shame you. You're exactly right. I mean, we've all made money mistakes uh-huh. we were not perfect with money uh, but instilling you know good habits and, and in my book I talk about that you know instilling these good habits it really can take you to where you want to go and so to be able to look back at your life and say you know what I happened to my life my life didn't happen to me uh, is a
0: pretty amazing feeling that's what we want so there you go Rachel you're awesome I hope our paths cross again thank you so much for coming on the Happy absolutely Hour.
1: well thank you Jamie thanks for having me on I really really appreciate it
0: Okay, guys, what a great show to start off 2017. Money is something that we all think about, and Rachel was so much fun to chat about money for the new year. I know some of you probably have New Year's resolutions of saving more or spending less or whatever it might be, and so Rachel has some good things for us. I want to thank our last partner for the show, and that is, therefore, it's a teen gathering. It's a high school girls' conference, and their whole goal is to inspire the next generation of girls to boldly live out their identity in Christ. This conference is February 17th through 18th in Fort Worth Texas which if you're not from Texas come on to Fort Worth it's so much fun right now you can use the promo code Jamie and the tickets are normally $59 but with this code you can get them for $49 here's some of their speakers that they're having Annie Downs Amina Brown Kat Armstrong Winter Evans Pitts I love all of those ladies and know them personally and your girls will be in such good hands High school girls have all fears, insecurities, and passions, therefore addresses these in a real honest way through great speakers, interactive experiences, and powerful worship. Okay, guys, I told you I was going to tell you about what podcast I loved in December, and it's called Making Oprah. I watched Oprah growing up. Who didn't, right? And I learned so much about her, and I enjoyed hearing about the way that she just pursued her passions, and she never gave up, and they worked hard to make the Oprah show, and so I loved it. Go check out where you listen to your podcast, Making Oprah. Today's show is edited by Logan Garza, and the music is from Jason Poe. Next week, my guest is Lisa Bevere, and you are going to love hearing her tell the story of how she came to her faith in knowing Jesus. It literally was the favorite story I heard in a while about someone following Jesus. Guys, enjoy your week, and share the show with a girlfriend, and have a happy hour with a friend. And happy 2017!